We are supported by Robbins Insurance, a local insurance agency providing customized insurance policies, sound guidance, and attentive service. Robbins Insurance is the go-to agency for hospitality professionals in Nashville. Listen, Robbins knows how hard industry professionals work every single day. They also know how devastating accidents can be. Be it a grease fire that damages the kitchen, a severe storm that cuts off power, or a customer slip and fall incident. Both the extensive experience and the savvy to create a policy that protects your business from accidents like those, you can rest easy knowing that the work you've put in will not be for nothing. Visit Robin's website at robinsins.com to request a consultation or call Matthew Clements directly. His number is 863-409-9372. Protection you can trust. That's Robin's. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. We will be joined with Caroline Galson here shortly, and we are powered by Gordon Food Service. Man, we got a fun one today. This is a random one, but uh, we are talking with Montel Jordan. Uh, and his wife, Kristen. So Montel and Kristen Jordan joined us in studio. And I know you're wondering, is he opening a restaurant? What's the deal with this? No, he's not. He's not opening a restaurant, not to my knowledge. Uh, he's not even in the industry. He's just a really interesting guy that has had an amazing career. And I wanted to talk to him, met him, and here we go. So this is a little bit of a departure. I want to do some more musical acts and different uh, people and kind of tie it into the industry because I think there's a creative side to everything that we do. And chefs are creative people, restaurateurs, we're trying to think of different ways to market and things. I think that musicians do the same thing. And we are Music City also, so we've got to be doing something around music. So today we have a platinum selling recording artist, Montel Jordan. If you don't know who he is, uh, you can hang out just a minute and you can hear who he is uh, with one of his songs. He's an amazing guy. This is one of the nicest people I think I've ever met. I didn't know his wife was going to be here till like the day before, which made it so much better. She was so amazing. And uh, we get to get into some really neat stuff here. And I'm really, really excited to share this episode with you. I do want to tell you that I've been getting some amazing response from my episode with Stephen Faust. You guys go back and listen to that one. Very brave and honest conversation with a chef who, you know, was just the most amazing guy. And I love sharing those stories with you. I love sharing. Uh, I, I sometimes feel like I overshare and that's okay. I don't, you know, I don't care if one person out there, hears something that I've been through and I've made a bunch of mistakes in my life and I'm fine with that. They don't define me. Those are the things that, that, you grow on, and I'm excited to share some of those mistakes with you on this show, and I think I do in this episode, too, and I want you to hang out at the end of the episode today because I'm going to I'm gonna wrap this up with kind of a bow with kind of what's going on with me and my life and some things that are happening, and I just wanted to share just some stuff. So 
hang out till the end of the episode. I do want to tell you that Philip Krajek was on the show this past week. And man, what a fun episode that was, just getting to know him. But one of the cool things that we do here in the studio, I've got these amazing sponsors, and I've got this this built-in that is behind the desk. And every guest that comes in gets to leave with swag, with stuff from all of the sponsors. And I love sharing the message of what the sponsors are doing. But we have these really neat like bags, and they're from Cytex, which is a linen company. And I gave the bag to Philip, and he says, oh, man, Cytex. I love these guys. Day one, we've used Cytex. We use Cytex in our restaurants. They used to be a sponsor and the pandemic was crazy. Well, they are back. And I'm so excited to be talking about a linen company that cares the service level throughout the entire pandemic. Their service level has been absolutely amazing. And I couldn't be more impressed with them. And they just, they do what they say they're going to do. And their quality is amazing. So, Cytex is who you, I'm, I'm recommending if you need a good linen company and you're a locally owned and operated restaurant, you need to call Ross Chandler. 270-823-2468 is how you get a hold of Ross. If you're opening a new restaurant or you have a restaurant, you're not happy with the linen company. And believe me, I know you're probably not happy with the linen company. Uh, Cytex is somebody who you will be very excited to work with. So give them a call today and get you going with Cytex. Uh, I don't know what much more to say until after the episode, which I told you, stay around from there. If you're just finding this podcast, we'd love, you can watch this podcast on YouTube. Go to YouTube channel at Nash Restaurant Radio. We did this live, so you can actually, you could have watched this video a week and a half ago when we recorded it. If you follow us, you'll get this, if you're subscribed to it, you can get notifications when we go live with guests, and you can join the show. Go find us on Instagram at Nashville underscore restaurant underscore radio or find me at Brandon underscore NRR. If you'd like to be a guest or you have ideas, if you'd like to sponsor the show, we would love to. Uh, we're taking applications for that too. So if you want to come on, we're not just taking anybody, but if you are somebody who's doing something really cool for the hospitality community or for the community in general, and you think that we need to share what you've got going on, I'm happy to sit and talk with you and learn more about your business because these are not just people who want to advertise with. These are people who we vet, we learn, we learn that they are doing amazing things in the community. And then we really just want to share that with you. That is every one of our sponsors. If you have an issue with any of our sponsors, if you call one of them and you start using them because of the show and it's not working out, call, call me. DM me directly. I want to know because I want to hold them accountable and I want them to know the feedback, what's going on. And especially if I'm recommending that you guys use somebody, they need to be amazing. This needs to be an amazing company that I trust, that I'm vouching for, and I absolutely do. So any sponsor that you hear on this show is somebody who I know, they're friends of mine, I've used them, I work with them, and they're, uh, they're amazing companies. And we do have a new sponsor today coming in this afternoon with Volunteer Welding. And uh, I'm going to get into them here in the middle of the show. But right now, I think it's time to get in with Montel and Kristen Jordan. This is how we do Super excited.
excited today to welcome in uh, Montel and Kristen Jordan. Yeah. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. Oh, man. (laughs) Thank you. No place I'd rather be. Now, I think the question is, why on Nashville Restaurant Radio do we have Montel and Kristen Jordan? Um, And let me tell you, Montel is a platinum-selling recording artist. You may know him best from the song, This Is How We Do It. That was a perfect opportunity for you to this is how we do it okay yeah so what you're looking for that was that's what i was looking for the commitment (laughs) this is how we do it i mean i mean i got you be all in caroline can you give me one i i cannot i i i will not i uh only karaoke after several drinks and i am very sober at this early hour of the day well thank god i've been drinking all morning there you go there it is You're just you're just more unhinged than me. I I am absolutely <laughs> that. I, th- I guess that's the thing when people say that they have to sing it, right? Well, they, they have the opportunity to be in front of the guy that created the song and actually they think it, you know. And you have some people that come up and they say, "Hey, Montel, you know, it's so good to, you know, I, I just got to tell you when you this is," and they do it. And so <laughs> they're committed you know, when you actually huh? have the the platform to do it and then don't. It's like, it, wow. We feel but you did shorted, it. You committed. But you I loved in. it. Well, I didn't realize how important the this is because I was like, this is how, like, this is how you got to start get up off on that. It. Go this there. is where it is. Yeah. It's the this <laughs> is how we do. And then it kind of goes down from there. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So why would you have Montel Jordan on Nashville Restaurant Radio? And I believe you guys are in Music City. Mm-hmm. And mm. as Nashville Restaurant Radio is, we talk to chefs and restaurant mm. owners, and I think there's a massive correlation between chefs and artists. Yes, yeah. you're both creating. You're both your artists. You're you're going out there taking something and and making it your own, and then you're putting it out there in the public. And it's a it's really service. Yeah, it is. I mean, really, you creating music and doing the things you're doing, especially with what you're doing now. It's a service that you're doing, and I love the correlation between the two, and especially being in Music City. I like, I love telling stories of other artists and just yeah. interesting people. So I think the next question is, well, how did this happen? Mm. Well, let me tell you, I was in Indianapolis uh-huh. last week for an EOS conference, which is the Entrepreneurial Operating System, which is how we operate our restaurants. And I walked by a booth, and there's a bunch of people taking pictures with a guy who had a really mm. cool hat on. Mm-hmm. I think it was that hat. <laughs> and I was it's like, great man, hat. I really like that hat. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, what is going on over here? And I walked over and said, take your picture with recording star Montel Jordan. And I was like, oh, that is the coolest thing. Like, <laughs> man, I, I, I didn't know anything about it, but I walked over and I was like, I'm sheepishly going to take a selfie with you. Is this okay? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, man, how you doing? Let me... What's your name? And you were so kind. Brandon's never met a stranger. No, but but huh. like you could. I've met a lot of celebrities. Yeah, and a lot of celebrities like, oh, what's up, man? What do you like? And and you never want to interrupt a celebrity because it's a celebrity. But you were there, and you were kind, and you just were like, so man, how's everything going for you? What are you doing? You're a celebrity. I die, apparently, <laughs> uh, I like you though. Thank you. <laughs> So you see what we have in our house, right? <laughs> He's like, stop it. So anyway, we reached out on, on, on Instagram and I said, man, I'd love to have you on the show. And you said, I said, if you're ever in Nashville and you go, I'm actually in Nashville next week. And I'm like, well, let's make this happen. And here we yeah. are. Here yeah. we are. Uh, listen, uh, first of all, thank you for your platform. Um, glad to be able to be here. I think in addition to the the chefs and restaurants and foods and the, the different things that, that your pod probably tackles, um, uh, we like to eat. 
Hundred percent. We foodies. like we like to eat it's and terrible. we're foodies, and uh, we like to create. And so, um, I think that you you hit it right on the head when it comes to how when you are preparing meals or or when you are preparing music, you're serving and you're creating flavor profiles and a bunch of different things that you know. Uh, uh, we're like I said, as foodies, we're looking to taste something and then be like, oh, there's a crunch in this, or there's a little spice, or a little kick, and it's sweet. You know, music and creating not just music, but even ministry uh, that we do. All of those things need Take to have those flavor profiles in it, so that if I'm delivering, we're delivering a message. We need to make it funny, but we need to have good solid points. But we need to make sure that this drive this point home. But then we have to sprinkle this over here, and you got to tell some backstory, and so. Uh, you know, I think whether it's food or whether it's um, or whether it's messages or whether it's music, it all somehow ends up being a meal to be consumed by somebody. And so maybe that's the the place where where all these things intersect. There, it, see, he said it much more eloquently than I did. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly it, right there. Um, Kristen, thank you for joining us today. Oh, like, I'm so excited. I, you're such a bonus because I, I asked him that. I said, "Is your wife Kristen coming?" Because I listened to you guys <laughs> on a podcast the other day. And I was so enamored with how intertwined every single, I think that he gets a lot of the name recognition, but you were right there from pre day one. You were there before Absolutely. all of this, through all of this. Yeah. Little known fact. We were actually married before we ever got in the music business. Oh, wow. Yeah. We were married um, in 1994 in June of 1984, and literally the song doesn't come out until 95, yep. and I was his manager. Nice. So you were the manager, you were Montel Jordan's manager his and career. his wife, but you, yeah. the crazy thing here is that you kind of had, had, that was a secret. It was. The reason it was a secret, though, is because when we went to the record label, they were like, so hey, here's the thing, no one's going to respect you as a manager if they know that you're the wife. And I was like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was the like, wait wife. a minute. I've worked my whole life to get to this point and to that's going to discount what I'm going to give. Well, we won't do that. And then they told him nobody wants an unavailable R&B recording artist like a married man. That's mm -hmm. that's unattainable. No, thanks. Yeah. So they basically said it would be better if you guys didn't say that. And we were foolish enough to believe that that was the right thing to do. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know if I could be a good husband but I knew I could be a good recording artist. And I didn't know if I could be a good wife, but I knew I could be a great manager. So we were like, eh, hey, let's try this. It'll yeah. be great. What would you do if they said that today? What if over that time, oh. if somebody came to you right now and they said that to you today, what would your response be? My edited I'd version. Shock them in the throat. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Just to cut Kick off rocks. the wind supply just for a couple of seconds. Yeah, I absolutely walk away. I think we understand what's at stake now, and we didn't then. And we're in, and we're in a different time now, too. Uh, you know, at that time period, the music industry standard was success meant that people want. That for me, it was in order to be successful, men have to want to be you and women have to want to be with you. If you can attain those two things and men want to be you and women want to be with you, you can be successful. Same thing with women. It was a, if women, women want, want to, to be, be you, you and men want to be with you. And that's why you can have some artists that may reach a certain level of success, but they maybe have one of the two, mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, you're a, a great craft craft, great at your craft, but maybe you don't have the certain look or the same, this that gets you to, 
at next that time. Superstar. Well, think about like all the um, like all the house music in the '90s that had someone else singing and then a different person in the video, <laughs> right? Yeah, and then when you see it, you're like. Yeah. Those two things don't matter. Like, oh, she's actually not really singing that, but 100%. she's, you know, the skinny, young, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you two meet because you were his manager or? No. Okay. Funny. Uh, we, <laughs> we met at a place called the Cockatoo Inn. <laughs> yeah. And neither of us had any business there. It was a sorority <laughs> ball. The Cockatoo Inn. Yeah. Was this it, in California? Yes. It is. Okay. In Los Angeles. LAX. Yeah. It was uh, an Alpha Kappa Alpha ball. And neither of us belong to those organizations. I'm a Zeta and he's a Kappa, but that we had no business there. And basically it was uh, God's sovereign timing. Yeah. Mm. I saw her before she, you know, big glass windows. I saw her walking by. She's already six feet tall. got on like three inch heels <laughs> and she comes walking by outside, you know, long hair, don't care at the time. And I was like, oh my goodness, that could be my wife right there. Like when I saw her. Wow. Uh, and then she came in and proceeded to like play me for like <laughs> an hour and a half, two hours. We get introduced to each other because uh, my friend knows her from college. And um, I mean, I got no rhythm, bro. Like no love, no, like no nothing. I am You don't? Nothing. And I'm a popular guy at the time. I'm a very... <laughs> Like he's I'm not the man. an artist. I don't know it yet, but he's the man in his organization. Popular guy, and I am catching like I mean, no rhythm. It's painful. Listen, <laughs> no, no, it was painful. I'm like saying, you know, would you want to dance? Like, no, no, thanks. Like, do you like to, you know, what do you like to do? Nothing. Eh. Nothing. Like it was, yeah, everything was man. And then, you know, so we spent like a good hour of us sitting. Our friends are dancing, hanging out. And I'm just sitting with her. The DJ's killing it. And so I finally say, uh, "Are you sure you don't want to dance?" And she says, well, if I dance with you, will you leave me alone? <laughs> if sure. I dance with you, will you leave me alone? And, of course, as a man, I'm thinking, so you're saying I got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying I got a chance. So uh, we dance. I turn the dance floor out. She's mortified. Now she wants to talk. Uh, and then uh, she falls in love. Like, and now like we got we five kids. We can't skip over that part. I just, <laughs> yeah. I just, I can't, I can't skip over so that just, part. Because when we're on the dance floor and... See, Running Man isn't the same now as it was then, but at six eight, appendages going everywhere. Yeah, this was a wild spectacle. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I was known for the Roger Rabbit. That yeah, was yeah, my yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And you're I, not a small guy either. I'm so six six. So many. right. Yeah. I, so like all of the flailing that was happening at every eye that has torn towards you. My you're running, like, <gasps> my Running Man is elite. <laughs> my Running Man is elite. You know, Understood. My line was, I would say. Look, there's nobody on the dance floor, and I would have enough you know, liquid courage. Liquid mm. courage. And I would Love go, it. if he wants to get the dance floor going, I will go out there because I am a six foot six white guy with no rhythm whatsoever. And I look, I like snap. I'm like Carlton, you know, like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing this very well. And then every other dude who's there is like, well, if that, that guy's out there, Absolutely. I'm going to look really good. So I was like, I'm just going to do this for everybody else. Because that's right. This is that's not- why you got invited to all the parties. Official party starter. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. well, that was it. You um, have that in common. I met yeah. my wife's parents before I met her. Mm. And when they, you know, we have a daughter. And I was like, mm, of course you do. Like, you know, it's like, it's, <laughs> you work at a restaurant. And you, it's just a thing that people are like, well, you, you look like a nice young man. 
and they she brought their my daughter. They brought their daughter yeah, yeah, yeah. in one day, and I was like, "That's just your daughter." Oh, wow, I I'm never like, knew that's how you guys oh met. Oh my god, this is amazing! Like, <laughs> and she wanted nothing to do with me. Similar kind of a deal. So I got the intel from her mom. Her mom said she really wants to go eat at Sapphire in Franklin's, brand new at the time, and this mm. is twenty years ago, right? And so I said, "Hey, yeah, maybe we should go out sometime." And she said. No, I think I, I think I have a boyfriend. It was like one of those, like, I no, think I, go, I think I have a boyfriend. I, mean, it, it was, I think I'm washing my hair, you know, kind of like, no, I don't, I don't think I can make it. And I said, oh, I really wanted to go eat at Sapphire. And she was like, Sapphire? I said, yeah, it's this new restaurant I really wanted to check out. She's like, well, I, I could go eat at Sapphire. And I was <laughs> maybe, like, maybe I don't have a boyfriend. Maybe, maybe I don't. <laughs> well, I'll wait to see if I have a boyfriend for another week. What's going on? And we had the first date, and then she fell in love again. And, you know, yeah. then night in shining armor, and here it is. 20 there years. you are. <laughs> Carolyn's going to throw up. Bam, like, 18 no, years later. No, no, I think that's very cute. And I, I love your wife. She's she's wonderful. She is amazing. But I did, I did get the heads up from her parents. They gave me the the template. They gave this is the golden ticket to get the first date. After that, it's on so you. Good, buddy. That's what about you? How did you come on, You got to give the you and Tony. Well, actually, I, I was going to say, I feel like even just kind of the little bit that you've said so far about how you met and kind of have grown together, I can relate to so much because I met my husband working in a restaurant. He's mm -hmm. a chef and yep. um, I was I've always worked front of house. Um, and when we met, you know, what you guys said about, I knew I could be a great manager, but I didn't know if I could be a great wife. I knew I could be a great singer. I didn't know if I could be a great husband. I'm somebody who I was always very, very career focused and mm. I actually never saw myself getting married. Mm. You know, I was kind of like that Sarah Jessica sex in the city type <laughs> of thing. Yeah. And, and just career was always, always number one to me. I was never the person pursuing a relationship. So when we got married, it was a bit of a whirlwind, but we knew that we really wanted to pursue opening a business together. And that was part of our decision to get married so quickly is like, hey, if we're going to do this, let's really Absolutely. do this. And, you know, it's it's worked out very well. We're married for 12 years. We're very happy and we own a business together. But I feel kind of a similar role where it's like he's the chef and I'm not his manager necessarily, but I do manage the I handle that business end of things yeah. so he can kind of do what he does let's let's not discount that you manage his life uh, <laughs> you know I I really do and honestly I think he would say that as well yeah. he, he would definitely but if he didn't do the things that he does yeah. we neither one of us would be able to do it you know it's right. not to Absolutely. discount anything that he does you know I can sell a party i can sell a big catering order but once i write the event order and send it off so yeah. i need to never think about it again 100 right. you that's, know that's the yin and yang you know you got to have the two it's very important it, i don't i, I don't want to change it but i, I want to I think that's a good segue and to go back to when you met and then going through all of this so you i want to get a little bit of your backstory Monte. we can do the same thing for you Kristen, but Kind of leading, I think this is a really interesting story, and I'm gonna tie this all into restaurant stuff here eventually. Mm -hmm. I promise, I'm gonna do it. But you grew up in, and you were born in South Central Los Angeles. Yes, and you went to Pepperdine. That's correct. You had a degree in communications. Mm -hmm. I read the Wikipedia. You did. So I, <laughs> I hope this is all true. Wikipedia is gonna tell you that I was like magna cum laude, so that's a lie. I, I was, I was a magna cum laude. I was thank you laude. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, so you were, you were, I'm just how you were found out, like how people, you were run, you were doing infomercials mm -hmm. and then you hosted an event where you were going to showcase some of your songs. And I guess Janet Jackson came to that. 
Yeah, I was. Uh, I used to be a part of something called a Crystal Penny Showcase. Crystal and Penny were aunt and mother to a famous recording artist, Shanice Wilson. Uh, and they did a showcase out in Pasadena, California. I think it was like Wednesday nights or Tuesday nights. And so I was just an upcoming artist, and I would go there and sing, like nightclub type of stuff, you know, out on the West Coast. And uh, there was nights that I was there. Janet Jackson came to a birthday party, and I never met her, but I knew she was there. And it was one of the key nights when a lot of pretty famous and important people were in the room, and they got a chance to hear me and see me sing, which eventually got me fired from my job uh, because I invited <laughs> people from story. work. Uh, and uh, the people from work went back the next day, and the report of me at the club that night was, man, this guy is really, really good. He won't be here long, you know, and that's just the main thing a, a boss wants to hear, <laughs> that one of their <laughs> the employees is not going to be there long. He's so. doing a lot of things outside of this job that are much better than what he's doing at this job. Yeah. The so. irony is, is that, like, he's, like, the employee of the month the month before, and he gets fired the next week, Aww. and they bring him a cake. They bring him a cake to say you're fired. We wish it, yeah, yeah, really. Now was oh, that? No, yeah, I got fired, and they get, they brought me a cake. Was that an act of love? Yeah, I mean, in, in all honesty, I think like there's a side of that. But was this a what are you doing, wasting your time here? Go do bigger things. Here's a cake. That, now don't waste your time in this spot. Now, now it's that. Now, yeah, now the verbiage it is, was they loved me enough to. To Let him set go. me free and be like, man, go do what you're called to do. But at the time, it was, uh, what the hell are you guys doing? I don't know how I'm going to eat next week if I'm not employed here. So, But sometimes you need that, that through correct. the trials and tribulations, these tough things is where we rise the sure. fastest and the best, and we, have, we gain so much more knowledge. I, I have a question, actually. So I know a lot of people who are pursuing a career in music, acting, and, and actually even, you know, in the restaurant and culinary industry, make the choice rather than to go to school just to kind of pursue that right out of high school. What Were you always interested in pursuing a career in music? And if so, how did that influence your decision to attend college as opposed to just saying, hey, I you know, I'm going to move to Hollywood and, and do my thing? Right. Well, um, I always, I wasn't interested early on in being in the music business. I always just did music. It was just something I did because I was, a, yeah, I was a church musician. I was a kid. So I w every weekend I was in front of a, a audience of, you know, a couple of hundred people playing piano, playing organ, singing, writing songs like so, but that was my childhood from like 10 years old. And so I don't think, you know, Hey, one day I want to do this as a, it's like, I wanted to be a you know, as I'm 54 now, so at the time I, I want to be in the NBA. I want to be in the WWF at the time before it became <laughs> the WWE. I want to be a famous, like I want to do stuff. I don't want to be a pastor in a church. I don't want to, you know, you know, so I, I did not have a, a template for what I wanted to be, you know, at that time. And so uh, it really became a passion later on in life that it wasn't just something I did, but it was something I was really good at. I think the aha moment, if, you, if maybe that's what you might be asking, the aha moment for me was in high school uh, at a talent show because I was not popular in high school. I was not, like, I, was, I had a lot of friends, but I was not the popular kid. I wasn't the athlete. I wasn't really the anything other than the kid who was funny and tall and, and a little goofy. Um, but at the talent show, for the first time, what I had done most of my life sitting in front of a church playing a piano and singing, I finally did it outside of the church. And so I'm in this talent show 
all these parents, all my peers, and I sit down to the piano and I start playing uh, Lionel Richie's Jesus is Love. And it's a beautiful song. Father, help your children. Don't let them fall by the side of the road. And I'm playing it and singing it. And it was like the room got as quiet as this room is right now. Uh, and and that was amazing. When I, w- when I was done, it was like the entire crowd was in awe. And they like erupted in this, oh, that's what you do. That's who you, that's who you are. Like, it's almost like they were trying to figure it out. And in that moment, it was like, Oh, that's who you are. And I sat there and for the first time I thought, Oh, maybe this is, maybe this is who I am. The, the playing, like maybe this is my spot. And so it was at that point that I started doing, you know, plays and writing more music. And even as I got to college trying to figure out, okay, that moment right there where everybody said, oh, that's who you are. I started looking for that moment over and over again. We're going to take this moment to hear a word from our sponsors. We are so excited to welcome a new sponsor to Nashville Restaurant Radio, Volunteer Welding Gas and Supply. Volunteer Welding Beverage Carbonation began serving bulk CO2 and beverages systems in 1976. They're a service-oriented company that is passionate about and dedicated to beverage-only gases. How does a gas company provide service? Well, you either know or you don't know until it's too late. And they use telemetry to monitor your system. Let's say that you're in the middle of a busy lunch, and then you realize, hey, there's no carbonation in our Coke. This is a problem. What do you do? You call an 800 number, be put on hold, to be told that maybe sometime in the next 24 hours, somebody will get out to you. Well, that's where the telemetry works. Volunteer welding is monitoring your tank for that. If it gets low or there's a leak, they're gonna let you know beforehand. Imagine that call before lunch so you never have an 86 situation when you definitely don't need that. Wanna learn more? Give David Perry a call at 615-306-7455 or email him at d. P-E-R-R-Y at volunteerwelding.com. We have John Ho with Parks Realty, House Hospitality on Instagram in studio to tell you why as a restaurant worker, you can buy a home. John? Thank you, Brandon. There's three things that are fallacies when it comes to buying a home from the hospitality industry. Number one is that you need perfect credit. Number two is that you need tens of thousands of dollars for down payment. And number three is that you need two years of work history at the same place. John, you're a restaurant veteran, been in the industry a long time. How do you as a real estate agent overcome those three myths? The first thing we do is we pick a premier partner for lending and that's Foundation Mortgage. Uh, They're gonna be our first stop to get people pre-qualified in the hospitality industry. Number two, we understand that hospitality workers don't work nine to fives. So our phones are on 24 hours a day. Amazing, so if I wanted to call you, how do I do it? You can get me at my cell phone, shoot me a text or give me a call, it's 615. 483-0315, 483-0315, or Amanda Gardner at Foundation Mortgage, 865-230-1031, 865-230-1031. Follow John on Instagram at Hospitality and follow Amanda on Instagram at Mortgage Amanda. What Chefs Want story is incredibly unique. The owner, Ron Turnier, met with a bunch of chefs in Louisville back in the early 2000s and asked them one simple question. What do you want? 
And the chefs, they responded emphatically. We want deliveries on Sunday. We want to be able to split any item that you sell. We want a frictionless experience where we feel like we're being served. And so you know what he did? Something crazy. He did just that. So What Chefs Want is not only a company that's delivering fresh produce, fresh seafood, fresh custom cut meats, specialty items, dairy, gourmet, all of that seven days a week. They also offer 24-7 customer support. You want to call, you want to text, you want to email, you can talk to somebody 24-7. Get your delivery seven days a week in an amazing selection of products. That is what chefs want. So if you ever wonder, why do they call it that? That's your reason. Check them out at whatchefswant.com. I sat there and for the first time I thought, oh, maybe this is... Maybe this is who I am. The the playing like the, maybe this is my spot. And so it was at that point then I started doing, you know, plays and writing more music. And even as I got to college, trying to figure out, okay, that moment right there where everybody said, "Oh, that's who you are." I started looking for that moment over and mm -hmm. over again. Yeah, I love that. I, I I mean, it's it's funny. I didn't really know what to expect from meeting you two today, but I feel like so much of what you're saying, I can I can personally relate to in so many ways. You know, when I was, yeah, I went to college and I thought I was going to pursue a career in law enforcement and ultimately wanted to be an attorney. And I started working in restaurants. And at a very young age, somebody gave me a management opportunity, and I was like, I think I'm going to drop out of college now. I really love this. That's and what I did. Yeah, same. I was at MTSU, and I had the I had a. How far did you get? A two and a half years, but I got an, a job to be in leadership, and I was like, "Well, this yeah. I want to do restaurants, and I can sit in a classroom and hear somebody tell me of what it's like to run a business. I can go run. A business. Can run oh, a business. I can go run a business. Same. And yeah. I was twenty two years old. Yeah. I mean, I was a young. I took a year off, and then I was, was twenty two years old when I took this job. In two thousand and one, mm. I think this is when it was. I mean, it's been a it's been a minute, but it was in a different city, and I got to learn hands on leadership right there, like yeah. go smack cross side of the face. And I was like, I. But I think for me, it was that first like I think it was like the first hundred dollar tip, or the first time somebody yeah. said like, you know, you're good. You're at really this. good at the, like yeah. like you made our experience so much better. Or you know, you have somebody who comes in who you don't know what people are experiencing when they walk into your restaurant. Right. I think that's the thing. That's the true thing of service is that you don't know if they just put their dog down. You know, if they just won the lottery, you know, if they just got divorced, you know, if they just got married, you have no idea what their state is when they come in. But if you provide that genuine, amazing experience, that service, when they leave, if they feel better, I think that's everything. No well, question. Yeah. And the first time you feel that where somebody's like, we were having a really bad day, but everything you just did for us, has changed our day and it made us feel very special. That moment to me recognized that acts of service is my love. That's the way yeah. I that's the way I give love. I, I'm able to give you love by what I'm able to do for you. And that was the moment that I was like, this is what I need to do. Well, and I think that today it's such a different world um, around pursuing a career in the restaurant industry because of Top Chef and Food Network and all of these things. Whereas I think when we were younger, it was kind of viewed of like, if you can't make it to college, then you can get a job in a restaurant. It was something that was unfortunately looked down on, right. you know? And I, I wonder if you see some parallels today with the music industry where people, you know, maybe don't have to work as hard as you worked because they can go on TikTok 
and millions of people can, you know. Or The Voice or American Idol or yeah. any of these other shows where you can turn a musician into a superstar in a month. Yeah. That's where you, I think I think there's a ton of small, Nashville's famous for having all the small venues that, yeah. you know, Lainey Wilson in played in for six years before somebody said, hey, I'm going to give you a record deal and hey, we're going to put you on the highway and hey, we're going to do this. And all of a sudden, she's amazing. Like, but she did this for seven years or her whole life, yeah. but professionally seven years before somebody saw it then you get this kid on american idol is like i've been singing for nine days <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he's a superstar and it's right. like that's not the way you came up right well uh, honestly he we did demos for seven years so people would say oh he's an overnight success overnight seven years like yeah, seven years of overnights <laughs> <laughs> until the one night seven years later when i woke up the next day and was an overnight success so people don't understand that overnight sometimes happens over time and so I think people the, in this town do. Yeah, I, I believe <laughs> I believe in Nashville that you definitely do. And listen, I, I don't I, you said something, Caroline, that, that made perfect sense is that people will look at. I remember that they would say, you know, well, you go to college, you do this. And if you can't, you know, then, you know, then then go go do that. Right. You know, and that, you know, became something that has an extreme amount of value uh, and uh, from the standpoint of someone who goes to culinary school and pays for it and does however many years and apprentices and does X, Y, and Z, and somebody that just came out and worked hard at it and, and grinded and figured out the recipes and, and finally worked their way up through from, from being a sous chef to being the, the main, you know, executive chef, executive chef yeah. you know, killing it or whatever. What's the difference between those two? people and when the meal is prepared the journey to get there was just different you know for, absolutely for each person. I, I think in fact a lot of professional chefs will say it's it's better in a lot of cases to just learn as opposed to going to culinary school you know I, I graduated from high school in 2001 and when I was in high school uh, culinary school was for kids that couldn't get into college and mm. I certainly that's not my opinion but that was the, <laughs> the I time, don't know if you recall that that was the thing. If you can't get into college, well, then it was like going go to learn a trade. Yeah, go learn a trade. trade. Go to culinary school. Go to you know go, automotive. Yeah, school. Go learn how to do hair. Yes. Go not. You, you know, it was the, the funny trades. thing is, is that these are the entrepreneurs that make real money. Exactly. <laughs> and then you go to school, rack up two hundred thousand dollars worth of loans, and come back and be like, I ain't getting it done for fifty grand. Yeah. It's like, oh, now you I know how it. many people I work with in the restaurant industry that have like so much student loans. loan debt and they're working in the restaurant industry and they got the degree and now they have to they have to backtrack and i'm, I'm not knocking i'm not knocking education and i please i hope people don't don't hear me saying that i don't knock education um i think that i i don't want to devalue the the work ethic of people that also just say i'm going to you know in the this is funny and I'm I'm having an epiphany right now. One of our favorite family games is a game of life. Mm -hmm. And in the old game of life, right at the start, you have the option of taking this one little pathway to go to college, and you know you're going to get some debt, but it puts you behind the other player that says, "I'm just going to jump right in and get a job." And so somehow there's this thing that well because you did the college route, you get to choose from these other cards that allow you to earn more money by going to school. Uh, and, but yet the other pathway, you don't get to choose from those cards. 
you just get to go this pathway. And somehow along that, I don't know if you've ever played the game of life before, but it, it has been a, a need to. You, I mean, I'm like, I, you that, should go that back and look like at that. And when you go back stuff in there, it, that's how it's, that's how it starts out. If you don't go to college, you can start out, but you can only earn this type of money because mm. you're choosing not to go to school. You get a faster start, but when you go to college, you come with the debt, but you can now earn have jobs that earn more money than the people that just went. And I think what we're learning today is somebody who is learning how to cook to then come into the profession of cooking and someone who is cooking and grinds it out for those years of cooking you got four years of experience cooking mm -hmm. when you've got four years of experience of learning of what it is to cook as opposed to you know so i don't the know practicality maybe it's certainly as valuable and i think maybe sometimes people over kill on the education i i have friends that are <laughs> i call them professional students yeah. and they have like you know six degrees it's like I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not I'm mad, not at, mad you. at anybody's degree. Just pick one. I'm just saying don't devalue the people who don't have a degree, but they've been working in degrees that <laughs> don't necessarily uh, uh, have a, a title behind it, but it has the experience that a title could never pay for. I, I think you could debate this for hours, but really what happens is, is you get out what you put in. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I want to, no matter if, what, it if is. I want to go to school and I pay attention and I'm all in for school 100%. and I, I figure out how I'm going to apply that to my life and I have a plan and I enjoy the social experience, the whole thing. That's a major, your experience at Pepperdine meeting her. I mean, all this stuff was an amazing part for you. But if I go to school, if I don't go to college and I get in there, but if I'm really paying attention and I learn that entire PL and I learn how to lead people and I'm and I know what I want in life, you can go as far as you want to go. But if I go, I don't want to go to school because I'm lazy. I just want to go different. get this job because I want to start my and then you're waiting tables twenty years later. That, that, then there's a fine profession, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But if you always wanted more and you never got there, there's a mirror in everybody's bathroom you can look okay. in and figure out why you're not there. Absolutely. And it starts with a what can I do to get to the next level and put a plan together. And you have to execute. Yeah. Everything is about passion and execution. And whether you go to college or in college, there's a drive yeah. that people that make it have. Yeah. And you got to have that. Yeah. And so, so, so my question, and it's not really a question, but this is something and I'm, I'm dealing with this now because I, there's a new wave that's happening where you're going to see a lot of people that have new titles in front of their names now. And I think it's justifiable even from a guy who, who did the school route. Uh, in other words, I have done now almost 30 years in the music business, almost 30 years of uh, producing records, Grammy nominations, X, Y, and Z. Uh, the question I would ask is somebody that goes to school to get a doctorate in music production. And now they have a title of doctorate in music production but I don't have a doctorate in music production, but I've worked in the field of music production for 30 years. You know, how do you equate or say, well, that guy is a doctor and he's not. When we both have been in the profession, you've got the technical knowledge and the know-how. I've done the technical knowledge and the know-how. I just don't have the title. And so I think that's a, a thing that we'll kind of watch happen 
uh, in our world right now. I think I'm that is it. very interesting. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, I don't know. I, this is just my opinion. I think that that experience accounts for leaps and bounds more than you know a piece of paper. I, I worked at one particular job in my 20s in Chicago that um, we had a lot of interns that had just graduated from hospitality school. And uh, everybody who was the bartenders and the servers, all the employees had had tons of years of experience. And these interns came in having only gone to college and never actually worked in a restaurant. And they were honestly, they were a joke to everyone. Mm. They didn't know what they were doing at all. And we were working for them. You know, they were the bosses, but they didn't know what they were doing at all because they didn't have that experience. Well, tell us how you really feel. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when she gets into it. (laughs) All right. I'm going to, I'm going to reel us back in because I think there's, there's a lot of more of this story that I want to get to. Cause I think people are wondering like Montel Jordan, like let's learn more about the moment that this all happened. And I want to know your experience too, but as his manager, where did you go to school? I went to Cal state Fullerton and okay. I went there. Um, <laughs> I wanted a business degree. I wanted to go. I live, I grew up in a little town in California called Ronert park. It was in um, the Bay, in about an hour outside of San Francisco. So you're in NorCal. Yeah. So I'm I in Orange County. I was born in Mission Viejo. Ah, so you know Cal State Fullerton. Yeah. So um, I wanted to go to the largest place where I didn't know anybody. Mm. New York was too far, so we went L.A. I went to go look at Pepperdine. I saw that tuition and was like, nope, just kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just like, no. <laughs> no, just kidding. And then um, I played basketball. And so I went to Cal State Fullerton. It was a business school. So it made sense. Um, and it was in the second largest uh, market in the country. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. There you go. And so that's how I ended up at Cal State Fullerton. Um, and we end up meeting. I'm 19 years old when I meet Montel. Um, so wow. it literally like the first year of life mm-hmm. <laughs> in there and um yeah so and we've been together ever since yeah pushing up on 29 years this that's year. so cool 29 years so you you put these demos out seven years let's talk about this is how we do it Good god i'm so job. bad I'm so bad no that's great just say it no, again it's great i can't it's just great. say it again 100 the song comes out yeah overnight and this song hit pretty hard, right? Yeah. I mean, how long did it take? Did you when it when you when you release a song back then? Is it on an album or did you have a single? Did hmm. the did the radio play? Who's the first radio station to play it? Very very different time. Very and different it's time because it's not all how many downloads. I mean, it was yeah, yeah, no social media. You actually sent records, physical CDs, CDs. and albums to DJs and white labeled projects that they would get you know a, a album uh, a piece of vinyl and a white label on it that you didn't know what was there and it was kind of this before it comes out History. you have it before anybody else gets it it's not like today you can just up we could upload this to to in the next hour and, have and a, a billion people have access to it back then people had to physically tangibly, physically tangibly either go out and buy it or purchase it there's so, a romanticism about all of that totally and i miss that i yeah. miss that i miss waiting at the record store mm-hmm. for my pearl jam album to come out you know like yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah. a thing was the whole thing now it's digital copies anyway yeah no but but that w- that was the journey the song uh bubbled up you know at at djs were playing it in their mix shows uh stations got it in the december november december of 1994 
uh, before the radio station shut down for the holidays. And then when everybody kind of came back in January, the radio, uh, the record label would resurface the song again to the people at radio. Uh, and the, the song I think came out around February, the single, uh, and then the album followed, I think in April, but the single, uh, started moving up the charts pretty, pretty yeah. quickly. We had a station um, in Norfolk, Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia, Wowie, W O W I Wowie. They played the record. I think there was a record of them playing the song, uh, 117 times a day. Wow. wow. Which is literally like every hour on the hour they were playing the record. Um, I think the really, the really cool thing about this is how we do it. And this is a story that, that may fit here. Well, for all of my math um, people, that was 170 times a week. Right? Yes. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Like how? Yeah. No. Was cool. it every hour on the hour? Okay. Yeah. yeah for the week. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. Like how could that actually happen? That all they played was this is how we do it all the time. No, uh, I thought you were going to say 117 times in a row. Like no, they just you know, a, but it, the craziest thing is, is, is uh, it was only three minutes and 21 seconds. And so, so because the song was so, was so short. short, they could repeat and repeat. Mm. So it's a every hour on the hour kind of a feel. And so that's how it became so popular so fast because everybody could one had tempo. Two, it had never been done where someone was rapping and singing at the same time. He was the first to do that. And then um, it was coming from Def Jam, which was a traditionally all rap label. So they were like, wait, what? There's credibility behind it. And the obviously the sample in the undercurrent was Slick Rick Children's Stories, which was a classic like party jam at that point. The, the thing that made this is how we do it, I think, that made outside of, you know, an act of God, you know, being gracious to us. Um, the thing that made the record so big was the song said South Central does it like nobody does. Talking about South Central L.A. Yeah. New York City at the time, the the kind of drama between L.A. and East Coast and West Coast. Uh, New York was like, we're not playing this record. It didn't matter if it was a big record. New York was like, we're not playing this record. So I went into the station in New York City, Hot 97, uh, and in their production room like this, um, I went in and said, I'm kind of buzzing. It's all because this is how we did it. Oh, New York does it like nobody does. And when I said New York does it like nobody does, and then um, this is how we do it. It's Friday night. I feel all right. Wendy Williams here on the east side. Uh, Funkmaster Flex got like I customized the song for New York City. And so New York City had something nobody else had. And so now New York City is playing that record like it was a South Central L.A. record. And somebody from Philly hears, yo, New York City got a customized version of this is how we do it. Montel, he's coming here to the station. Yo, can you go into the booth real quick and say Philly Philly does it like nobody Mm. does. Indianapolis does it like nobody does. Vegas does it like nobody. So everybody on the planet had a customized version of this is how we do it. And that's one of the reasons why the record was as big as it was. We are going to take one more break to hear a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, we are supported by Sharpie's Bakery and we've been supported by Sharpie's Bakery for the last year. And I tell you, I couldn't be more proud of this partnership. Guys, they're a locally owned and operated bakery right here in Nashville for the last 36 years. Yes, they deliver fresh baked bread daily to your restaurant's back door 
and man is it good you want to know what kind of bread they make go check them out at sharpiesbakery.com that's c-h-a-r-p-i-e-r-s bakery.com so they have over 200 types of bread and if you're wondering well hey look it's a special recipe that i like to use that you know we bake it in our house and it's just it's a kind of a pain but we we like to do it they can take your recipe and make that bread for you without any of the hassle the mess the labor They'll just deliver right to your door every single day. It is freshly baked. They love to give you a tour of their facility. Give Erin Moso a call. Her number is 615-319-6453. You should do it now. We are sponsored by Corson Fire and Security. And let me tell you, total protection, one source. Yes, they can sell you fire extinguishers. They can service your fire extinguishers. General fire products, emergency exit lighting, fire alarm systems, fire sprinkler systems, kitchen fire suppression systems, fire suppression systems, security. So your cameras, all of our cameras and monitoring over at the brand new Chagos will be done with all of their cameras communications, so mass communications, emergency notifications, so many things, and you don't know until you need them. Let me tell you, if you do need any of these services, you need to call Corson Fire. Kevin Rose is your man. His number is 615-974-2932. call him now. Hey, this is Jason Ellis with Nashville Super Source. We're so proud to be a sponsor for Nashville Restaurant Radio. We would love the opportunity to discuss your chemical and dish machine program with you. If you have any needs or any questions about your current program, opening a new restaurant, or just need a double set of eyes on that, we'd love the opportunity to help you with that. My number is 770-337-1143. We don't do any contracts, no minimums, weekly service to make sure that all your equipment is functioning properly. Make sure you have everything that you need. Again, my name is Jason Ellis, 770-337-1143. It's because that is so smart. And I feel like everybody does that now. Like I'm thinking yeah. of like Petey, pa- then, like Petey Pablo, like, you know, shouting out every city and, you know, um, I've heard other songs where they have like the customized for that station. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I assume no one was doing that prior to- They weren't to, doing that at that point. Yeah. What a, what a smart idea. I'm not saying idea. we invented that. We can say it. We'll say it. But we were one of the <laughs> first to it? do it well. <laughs> We wanted the first to do it well. Yeah. But that's, I just think it just brings me back again when you just talk about the East Coast, West Coast divide of Biggie and Tupac and that whole. I know, I'm like reliving my childhood. You're welcome. Because yes. I was a sophomore in high school when that song came out. I mean, that was right in my you know, heyday. That, oh, yeah. I mean, that's when you're driving in the car and you got the 12s in the back and oh, you're yeah. listening to all this music. And I just remember those. Which which side are you? I'm like I don't care. I mean, obviously I'm West Coast. I'm from California, but I like all of it. I didn't I didn't have a. We're in the middle of the country, but I was a solidly West Coast fan. I'm not saying that just because you're here, but okay. you know that was me. Um, but I all <laughs> <laughs> like, fingers up, but, too twisted in the middle. Sorry. I also grew up in Mobile, Alabama, so mm. I listened to a lot of you know No Limit and Cash Money was like very yeah. oh yeah oh yeah, know, which I feel like was kind of more aligned with West Coast. Your stock just went way up oh, right thank there. You. I just want you to know. Thank just you. The, I mean, I, it was already like. Top you want, you want to hear my no limit story? Oh, please. I, I, I <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So it's funny. Um, 
this was on his third album and we were like transitioning into seeing like a new way and a new thing to do things. And we were coming up with records and we heard this record and it was incredible because it had like this bounce to it. It wasn't like a, it wasn't the club banger. It was like a, you don't dance to this. You like rock and you bounce. And we were like, man, if Master P had this record, like he would kill it. Except for at that point, Master P had never really been on the radio. He was only selling records out of the back so of his car. And he I mean, he was selling a goo gaggle of records out of the back of his car, be clear, but had never had a radio record. And so um, we were like, and he was the hottest thing on the street at the time. So he was like all the buzz in the rap world, right? So we go to our label like, hey, we just want to, we, we want to do this thing with Master P. He was like, you'll never get that. Oh, really? Hmm. Okay. Hey, guess what? He's shooting a video in town. Let's roll up. So he and, I and another guy roll up on the video set for Master P and say, hey, I want you to hear a record. Get inside. Do you remember what video it was? He was yeah. shooting a movie but oh. I got the hookup. Oh, I've seen it many times. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and so we say, get in the car, and we play him Let's Ride. Uh. And he goes, I like it. I like it, but I want to put my man on it. Okay. Whatever you want. And that's the birthing of Silk the Shocker. Oh, love it. And he ended up doing the record. It was the first radio record Master P ever had. and His first number one. His first number wow. one. Wow, was it really? Yeah, oh, that's right. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What a great story. I love that. Are you guys still friendly with? Yep. Yeah. Love that. Percy. I Whenever I go home, we um, go to Rouse's supermarket. Yeah. And I, his partnership with Rouse's, sorry, that's probably a deep cut for maybe people who are listening that don't know about. But uh, I just, I don't know. I love it. I'm such a huge fan still. Yeah, that's he's awesome. He's yeah. a great guy. Percy yeah. Miller. Love him. Yeah. Shout out. Love it. Um, oh, I had another question. And Sorry, I keep getting sidetracked. This is such well, an no, exciting conversation. I'm in heaven right now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little surreal. The song gets played. We were we were at Roanoke, West mm. Virginia. Yeah. And it's being played 117 times a week. It kind of blows up. What are, what are you guys at home? Are you guys just like, holy cow. Like what's, this is this is happening. Like what's home? <laughs> yeah, we we were only <laughs> home thirteen days that year. Wow. So what do you ever are you playing shows every now? Are you are you just doing promos for are you sitting in studios like this talking about it? Like promotional tours. Hotel rooms, uh, record label has you, back in the day, they call it the Chitlin Circuit. Fact. This is when in the R&B world, you know, when you hop on a little bus or something and you drive from city to city and you route and you go from Metalla to Gadsden to Birmingham to Montgomery and then you kick over into Mississippi and then you go down here and then you make your way into Georgia and over to Carolina. Like it became a a tour where you're the artist and we map out that the stations that are playing your record, we're going to put you either on a bus or we're going to get you in a couple of dancers and y'all are going to go on tour and you're going to perform here and we're going to pay for you to go here and promote this record. And that's what life became for the first probably year uh, of, you know, you blow up and now you, you go on the road it's and act like job. you're, and act like you're not married. Absolutely. Like you're not do you guys do you guys have the same hotel room or do you guys yes. have to is so you worry but, some, but sometimes when you show up and there's girls in your room before you get there whoa wow yeah are they like bribing people at the hotel oh 100 like, wow 100 
Wow. Yeah, I've that kicked out many naked girls. The, that happens to oh. me all the time. I know yeah, it no. does. <laughs> I, uh, I, would, I would lose my mind. I think I would have a nuclear meltdown. Uh, yeah. You know what it is? It, it almost became comical. <laughs> it was kind of like, seriously? <laughs> like, think more of yourself. Be higher than this. Mm, so, so it made me be like, like mm. hey, hey, get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> so then we would send security guards ahead of time, clear the room, and then. That is we'll wild. Yeah. Wow. You talk about testing a marriage. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. We I mean, all that, because if even when you're at a place, I mean, the girls that aren't naked waiting in your room, they're all clamoring for your attention. What is that? As, as a wife, I mean, my wife would be like, no, 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 I don't, I don't like this. This is not something I, all the attention that he's getting. Are you it, cool with that? Are you good? Are you, how do you handle that? Well, the truth is at that point, I was focused on business, right? So no different than what you're talking about. Get him in here. Fill the seats. Mm -hmm. Let's do the next catering. The big event It's the same thing, right? It's no different whether it's catering or it's concerts or it's record sales. Again, like I knew I could be a successful businesswoman. I just wanted to sell a million records. That the was the goal. The equal dollar signs. Yeah, because the truth is, is that like I was focused on we're going to sell a million records. That's it. And so like it, it, you're not even counting the cost of what it's going to cost you, right? right. And we don't figure that out till later. Well, we, I, you know, we had Philip uh, Krajek, who's a James Beard nominated chef, who's here in Nashville. He was on yesterday, and he said he'd been married for 29, 28, 28 years? Some, somewhere around he there, He said yeah. 28 years, and I said, we have Montel Jordan and his wife Kristen coming on tomorrow, and they've been married about the same amount of time. I said, and, and I said, what is your secret? He goes, it's a lot of work. And I said, you know, I listened to this interview with them, and they said, Divorce is off the table. That's correct. They go, divorce is off the table. And he goes, we kind of looked at each other. Interesting. I said, he gave an example and he said, divorce is too many options in a marriage. He goes, if you know why they don't give a pilot a parachute, they don't give anybody on an airplane a parachute, a commercial airplane, uh, because that's, that's one too many options for that pilot to have. That is correct. And I thought that concept I talked to my wife about it on Monday where we went, we got a new puppy on Monday and we drove <laughs> to Alabama to get this dog. And we we're talking about this. And I said, divorce off the table. And she was like, yeah. And I go, I'm a rule breaker. I would immediately be like, oh yeah. Well, what if I did this? I, I don't know why I would test that. I just think it would be one of those things. I wouldn't, but yeah. Well, can uh, we talk about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, when, when we say that, if divorce is an option for you, you have too many options. Um, and some people. Oh, that shakes them. That It shakes them like, no, divorce is an option. What if this happens? It has to be an option. And we believe that if divorce is an option for you, you'll at some point use it. If it's not an option, then you get to figure out, okay, no matter how difficult it gets, we need to know how we're going to get through it over how do we get out of it. And so if, if it's your focus a, is on the wrong thing, listen, we have a great marriage. Our marriage is not perfect, but the way we know and the way our kids know, the way our grandkids know, and one day their kids will know that we're going to be married to each other happily together forever is because we don't have any other option. And so without any other option, we want to make sure 
we're going forever, so let's make it the best forever possible. Like I said, we talked about the pilots don't get a, don't get a parachute. Uh, they don't give you a parachute either, you know, because when there's turbulence on a plane or whatever and things, things get, get rocky. rocky, the first thing you read it is, look, well, I got yeah. a parachute. No, Ripcord. You don't because you, you can endanger everybody else on the plane by you trying to hop out of the plane too soon. And same thing with. with and the so pilot. wait, think about that, though. OK, so let's say you do have a parachute. And you do ripcord, but it was going to land and it was going to be okay. But you aborted the mission. Not only did you kill yourself, but you killed everybody along with you. And that's what divorce does. It rips the soul out of you, the person you're married to, and everybody involved. Your kids, your grandkids, their church, your friends, because now somebody's got to pick do you get this friend in the divorce or do you get this friend? Like we have friends like that. Yeah, the dog, the house, the everything, right? So it just leaves a bleeding. And the truth is, is that we saw that a lot in our childhood. And it just, it wasn't what we decided. Now we understand there are circumstances. Yeah. I mean, we saw physically abusive circumstances. I mean, we, and we understand that, but the truth is, is that there are implements and things that you can put in place to safeguard against those kind of things. But the truth is we only have one question when you know that this is your person and you guys go into an, an agreement, like our only question is how do we, how do we get through this? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I know that we're talking about, you know, want to bring this back around to restaurants and to, to eateries. You don't have to, (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's it's important, but I, I don't want to get the idea that we're saying if you're in an abusive relationship, stay in that. Because no, you ne- you can't get divorced. That's not what we're saying. I'm saying your safety, your mental health, your self care. Those are things that are extremely important. You have to put those things at the forefront as well. Um, just knowing that we believe that any circumstance is workable if people are willing to work it out. And but if your life is in danger, by all means, we're not saying hey, but divorce is not an option. So stay there and get beat. We're not saying that. I think you said something so important, though. You said if people are willing to, to work, work it out. Right. Because there are so many circumstances yeah. where people get divorced because one person has given it everything and the other person is just not willing to budge or communicate right. or, you know, meet halfway or, or put in the work. You but know? it doesn't happen Absolutely. overnight, right? No, it, you're right. It it's, doesn't. It's, it's steady. It doesn't. It's steady decisions over time that mm-hmm. create either success or failure. And right? so many people, I think, go into marriages unprepared for the wrong reasons. You know, I think that there's so much societal pressure. I think, you know, obviously society is changing, but still I see it a lot here in the South, you know, of that I go to college, I have to get married, I have to have children, I have to do this, I have to do that. And then 10 years later, people realize, oh, I wish I had done something else, or I wish mm. I'd given myself this other opportunity. And, you know, I I did what I felt like I was supposed to be doing, as opposed to going in with love and passion. And, you know, we spent so much time and energy planning the wedding, but we didn't mm. spend the time and energy planning our, the marriage. Our, our marriage, our future. That's I was going to say, you have to have a, a strong foundation. Yes. I mean, for, I don't know, when, when did you guys decide marriage is, the divorce is not an option? Was that on the altar or was that after you hit some turbulence? Did you go? Oh, we, we hit a brick wall. Uh, brick, <laughs> brick wall hit us. hit us. Either way. Yeah, but the truth is, is that like, it was like seven years in and we have um, this like incredible, 
incredible impasse and it was like a huh we have two paths here we can either take a or b and we had seen i had seen with my my parents what that route meant my wife could have legitimately left what, what do, you, do you mind me asking what the brick wall was yeah what? it's called uh cheating Okay. <laughs> brick, brick wall is called cheating. Okay, I, mean, I, I, no, we, no, I we talk you. a lot about we talk about a lot of stuff on this show. No, I got you. I, yeah. You know, yeah. and I, I, we get vulnerable. I mean, that yeah. brick wall. Oh, I mean, yeah. so there was infidelity. I was I was unfaithful to my wife, and because in that season, um, I, I, you know, little compromises just opened the door for years of guilt and of shame of me hiding it. I mean, going to God saying, God, I did this, me, you know, take this away from me. And, and God saying, I forgive you. And then me going back out and, and trying to be strong. And then just over and over and over again, one, and not to go super spiritual here, uh, but um, I, I mean, I'm a pastor. I didn't have a, I didn't have a keeper and I'm not talking about a human keeper. I didn't have the thing in, in church world is called the Holy Spirit. I didn't have the thing to help sustain me when I was out on the road being away from home. Some people call it a conscious. I didn't have any of those things to help keep me stable. And so during that time period, you know, she legitimately can leave. She can leave. She can take half. Uh, she can take the, our, our one daughter. You know, I can. we can split up the family. I can see my kid every other weekend. We can divorce, split up the house, try and figure out how to how to – you know, we didn't do a prenup, but like everything was leading down the pathway of you can leave. Friends were saying you, you can leave, leave and take leave, half. Probably. And I think the difference is God was speaking to her saying, why would you leave and take half when you can stay and have it all? And in that journey of her saying, you know what? I don't want to stay, but I'm going to stay. Because I believe God can do something that Montel and I can't. And I'm willing to wait to see what that looks like. Because I'd and seen so, what the other path looked like. Yeah. My parents were married and divorced six times by the time I was 18 years old. Oh, wow. So I already saw what that was. I'd felt the repercussions The grass isn't greener. Yeah. No. And not only is it not greener, it sucks. And there's no other word than that. It yeah. does suck. There's so many things that, and so many repercussions that can happen and so my thing honestly in that season was I don't want this for my daughter I don't want this for her life because I had been at the hands of others <laughs> in these kind of situations and I didn't want that for her and so honestly I leaned into I pick you I I, I will choose the chance with God other than the, I know what this road leads to. I think that also just speaks to you to what a very special connection the two of you must have, because there's gotta be still that little spark of this is my soulmate. This is who I meant to be with, you know, even though this is such a terrible, terrible hard time and I maybe can't stand you right now. There's, there's something telling me, that you are the person. Well, that's I the, can't imagine my life you without you. You touched on it earlier, and this is the interesting part. Before you get married, you there's this thing. For me, I had to pray of like, God, like if this is my person, 
Like, show me unequivocally. Matter of fact, if he's not the person, send him to Siberia. Like, <laughs> send him away. Send him hella far. <laughs> I'm, I'm waking coming up, back. I'm waking up having dreams of waking up in Siberia. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be here. What's going on? <laughs> but he would be on my front door with flowers. And I was like, mm, maybe I wasn't clear. Siberia. <laughs> did I or did I not say? Right. Um, but the cool part is, is that once you know that that's your person, then it makes everything different, right? So yes. I didn't pick this. God picked this. And if that's the case, you know far beyond what I can see. So I trust your plan over my plan. Mm-hmm. So well, I, I'm going to assimilate some of my life because I had a similar type situation where my relationship hit a wall. And um, a lot of it was due to my drinking. Mm-hmm. And I lost my job. I was at this, it was a, it was a brick, it was a big old brick wall that hit me and I was underneath it. I went, I can't move this brick wall. And I went to, uh, that day I saw the moment all of this happened, a gigantic rainbow showed up mm. just out of nowhere. And I looked at this and I was like, well, clearly this you're is, talking God, to me. God, God's talking to me right now. And I don't, I speak about higher powers because that's kind of in the recovery community. I, I don't like to get too much yeah. into organized religion because there's it's polarizing but i'm very spiritual and there was a day that i surrendered yeah and i just said i cannot do everything on my own yeah. i can't be the husband i can't run the business i can't i can't control everything and you surrender and you give all of this stuff up to your higher power and you say this is what it is and i think that my wife at the same point said I saw light in him. Mm-hmm. He was dark for a long time. There was this addiction. There's all these things. And I see light. Like it's almost like my eyes opened and I went, oh, I don't have to do all. I can give this away and mm-hmm. I can pray and I can do the. And I know I say pray like I'm praying to God. Like I just, I don't control anything. Right. And I put it in his hands and I go, what's next? Am I the most, you're going to look at me and go, that man is godly. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I'd like for you to think yeah. that I have something special going on, but my wife sees it and she yeah. goes, okay, no. And I told her, I said, whether you leave me or you stay with me, I'm going to be a better person from this day forward. And this is why. And I did, that was just a commitment I made to myself. I think at that point, when you recognize, Hey, there's this foundation of, we both have this energy. This is what we're going to do. Then I think you can, I think it's easier at that point to say, we've been through this. We're going to do this going forward. This is off the table. We Absolutely. now know Absolutely. I'm not going to, I, I'm the person you want. Am I? No, no. I, I understand what you're, I understand what you're saying. You know, for us, I, we got married a little later. We were both in our thirties. Uh, when we got married, I was late twenties. Tony was in his thirties and you know, we own a business together. Had some horrible times. (laughs) Just owning a business really, sometimes it's great, but more often than not, it kind of sucks. And now with that said, I wouldn't trade it for anything, but that's just the reality of it. We've, we've been, we had a kind of a a four year stretch where between some crazy family stuff that was going on and closing one business and opening a new business and things weren't going with the new business, the way they should have been going. We had some years that were truly worse than anything I ever could have imagined. And it was horrible. And we were fighting all the time, not because we hated each other, but because our lives were so inundated with stress, just 24 seven, we couldn't even sleep at night. It was so stressful. And the thing about it is 
I'm not happy that we went through that, but we are so much better, better stronger, and so much more well equipped. And I think that our our relationship is so much closer because of that. You know, I think that some people have a really great life where so many good things happen all the time. But I think more often than not, when we're in a marriage in particular, life is going to be hard more than it's not going to be hard. Here's the truth. Those are the IG lives. And the truth is they're giving you their highlight reel. Yeah. 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 And I feel, I've said that to, to friends of mine who are getting married. I say, yeah. listen, life is going to be hard more than it's not. And you have to have that person that you know is going to be your solid rock through those hard times. That's exactly it. So this just turned I'm, into marriage I'm, radio, which I, I love the conversation. I really it's, do too. Yeah. I, I appreciate y'all's vulnerability and willingness to talk about some of this stuff. And you too, Caroline. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this yeah. is, this is what I'm talking about. It's a really interesting, we get fun deep conversation. On here sometimes. sometimes we forget we're on a podcast that we, everyone's going to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. We've been talking for about an hour now. I want to be respectful of your time. Do you guys have a couple more minutes? Sure. Yes. Okay, cool. So we talked about the song. It came out. Are you tired of being known for the guy? This is how we do it. Song. Do you, is that something that, cause I'm like, at some point he's like, I have a lot of other things going on. I do a lot of stuff. I do a lot of other stuff. I don't want to be every time somebody sees yeah, me I, like, this is how, like, I, I, yes, that was me. Move on. I'd love you to see. hear more about what else you have going on. Cause I, I know that you guys have other businesses and other ventures. What, what mm -hmm. else? Let's get it. Let's go beyond yeah. The song. Well, well, the cool thing is the, the song a lot of times is still the entry point into if television show or it's the entry point into why someone wants you on a show or a television show or a podcast or whatever. It's because of that. And so um, I never want to forsake just the idea that that's a, that's a point that gets me into different rooms. Uh, but we are doing and are much more you know, than that we are, uh, pastors of, uh, a virtual church, a virtual house church. Um, we are, um, opening up a facility called the Jordan river, which is a 13,000 square foot, uh, property that sits on six acres. Uh, it's a marriage ministry, a place where public marriages can heal in private. So it's the type of place where not just, actors or entertainers or ministry leaders, uh, entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, in, in other words, if Caroline and her husband are navigating through something in public, there's a private space for them to be able to come and, and heal and get marriage and family therapy and, and get Because guidance. if you fall and you're the leader, how many people do you take with you? Yeah. And so those are the, the main two things that we're doing right now is uh, you know, outside of momming and dadding and memeing and big <laughs> papaing with our grandkids and doing the virtual church, uh, which is like a every Sunday night thing at 6 p.m. It's pretty cool. It's called Masterpiece Church mm -hmm. uh, and is, you know, mastering peace in your life. Uh, and the idea behind that is we're around people all the time who, who work. They travel. They're, they're playing in the NBA or playing in the NFL or they're immune compromised or they're in prison or for whatever reason, CEOs they can't or... go up to a local church and just roll in like that. So we, from our living room to your living room, uh, deliver what you would normally get in a church. Or in a candid conversation. Truthfully, you, you guys, uh, it, this, it's no different than this. We just be on couches. 
and having conversation. A lot of times we do things in the round to get yeah. people's different perspective because not everybody's perspective is the same. And I think as we operate in love and have t a love for each other and show each other that compassion, that's how we get to the greater version of us. Yeah. Can I, I, I do want to say this and, I, um, this is a, I, I love what you said about spirituality, Brandon and, and higher power and the light, you know what I mean? That you could feel, uh, you know, and that your wife said, I could see that there's something, there's something different. Uh, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you to, um, to give it a name. Uh, and when I, when I say give it a name, what I mean is I understand that religion can be super, super polarizing uh, and it can cause so much division. Um, the thing that I know is there is a different level of intimacy that comes with proximity. Oh, my God is a Christian God. Yeah. Is this, yeah. This, the, uh, Jesus Got Christ. I've, I'm, that, I'm a Christian. Gotcha. Okay. That is what I am. But as far, and I'm, as far as what I... I recognize there's a lot of people listening to this that are turned off by that. Understood. Yeah. And if having a higher power in, in, in my recovery rooms, yes, that's so many people don't go to recovery because it's a God thing. Mm. And I see it because they're like, I'm not going to get better because I don't want to go to that God thing because it's so polarizing. Mm. So when I talk in here, I like to speak about a higher power to me because if it drives one person to find to, to, find. to seek that they can find their own, but my own personal perfectly understood is is that that's I'm a Christian. That's I'm, I'm where picking, I'm at. I'm picking up what you put in. Okay, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that where good. I'm at. No, I, I put a that's name beautiful. to it for sure. Yeah, that's good. And that's I, good. I see. I grew up. My father was in the Christian music business. Mm. So there's a magazine. My, there was a magazine called CCM Magazine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. my dad familiar. owned that magazine. Oh really? wow, that's in, cool. To inception in 1979 until he sold it you know, I don't know, 10 plus years ago, wow. but he was the president of the gospel music association. Wow. Okay. I mean, he's used to run the Duff awards, but I mean, that was, I grew up in so, that whole world. Yeah, my so entire probably all life. the Jackie Patillo's of the world and folks like that. Probably well, it was, in my day, it was like Petra, Amy Grant, Stephen mm -hmm. Curtis Chapman, DC talk. Those were my boys. I love yeah. DC talk. I used to go hang out with those guys. They would, you know, they were all at my house jars of clay doing Who's cover in shoots house, in JC? my backyard. Like, like <laughs> that was the whole, whole, Toby, Ma well, it was yeah. it wasn't oh, Toby Max. Yeah. It was K Max and Toby and and Michael Tate. You know, Tate was OTC my OTC Talk. Yes, yeah. yeah. He just recorded a song with what Toby Max. What a what a Toby Max artist, uh, Rich Richland. I would go T Records. I was, you, I'm going to tell the story. I, I learned so. I we have known each other so long <laughs> and have talked so much, and I learn new stuff about you all the time. Isn't that cool though? It's it is. So DC Talk Maybe. had a song. And he can dispute. I love him to come on and dispute this. But uh, Dee's talk has a song called "Jesus Freak." Are you yeah. guys familiar with the song? Oh yeah. oh yeah. And it starts off this heavy guitar. What would people do if they found out I'm I'm, I'm singing oh, today? Brandon, we've had to hear you sing so much so today. I'm at <laughs> Michael Tate's house, and I bring my. We used to go jam every once in a while. I got my guitar, and he goes, "Dude, you got to hear this song." And he played Marilyn Manson's "Beautiful People." Oh wow. The guitar, and he goes. This just slaps. Like, listen to this. And he has a huge system. He was playing this song. And then he goes, this is our new song. Check this out. And he played Jesus Freak. And he, Jesus Freak was based after the intro. Oh, that's uh, so From Marilyn awesome. Manson's beauty. That's the, so The awesome. inspiration for <laughs> Jesus Freak is Marilyn, was Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson's beautiful people. Wow. And I just, 
I don't think the context of that song had Allegedly. anything to do with it. But the intro and just that that sound <laughs> that yeah, he that, was like, this is our new song. Check this out. And I thought it was hilarious. Like, that's hilarious. wow, you're that's facing Jesus freak. <laughs> Off a of Marilyn Manson song, which is almost like that's the polar they're turning opposite. everything for good kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, one of some of the best people ever. But no, that was my whole life growing up as a kid was all in that that yeah. world. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he's this the record that they just recorded uh, for Goatee for uh, Toby Mac is amazing. Yeah, it's called Knocked It Out. And it's very cool. It's a very inspiring song, basically about facing your giants and 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 taking Goliath out with everything that that you got. So, pretty cool. Yeah, you yeah. Got to. So, yeah it's whole absolutely. Thing. It's it it it's a whole thing. Because yeah, we all face giants every day, right? So no matter if you're in the restaurant industry, you're in the music industry, you're in entertainment of any kind, whatever that is, we all have our own giants that okay, we so got to slay. Nobody's Listen, immune. So that's right. That's right. I, I was going to ask this this question to you guys, um, because like I said, we're foodies. Oh, and yes. I think this is a good way to probably bring this all around full circle. Somebody mentioned to us, you know, they just kind of said, man, there's a place in called the pharmacy. They got the best burgers in the world. And I was like, when I hear best burgers in the world. We've been a lot of places. I've been a lot of places. We we've had a lot this. of burgers. It's a great burger. I, burger. I love the pharmacy burger. Uh, I will also give a shout out to Joyland if you're Joyland. looking for a good burger. Okay. Joyland is amazing. They're taking yeah. a break right now. But these guys, there's oh, two burgers. Luck. There's a few burgers. Bad Luck Burger Club. Okay. These okay. guys are doing smash burgers out of a, out of a food truck. Ooh. Taking over the city. Okay. This. Love that. And no shade to anyone else because I love all burgers, but my favorite burger in town is a place called Hugh Babies. Hugh Babies. Oh, man. Which is kind of like a, it's it's a local guy who owns local restaurants here, but he has several locations of mm -hmm. Hugh Babies. And it feels like a fast food place, but it's like a, a local Oh, it is cool so good. Place. Hugh, it's like H-E-H-U-G-H. It's you. It's like a pig. So Pat Martin owns Martin's Barbecue here in town's legendary barbecue pitmaster, mm -hmm. uh, West Tennessee whole hog barbecue. Okay, and there's a difference. You, whole hog. I guess he's preserving tradition of West Tennessee whole hog barbecue. He has a new, he has a place called Hugh Babies, which is like his take on like a. It's a mix between like Five Guys and In and Out. Okay. Mm. It's kind of a cool vibe in there. Right, I get in their that. high service. You, just, high yeah, wait, you, the, spoke, you spoke love language. And if you guys are looking for a great place to enjoy Italian food and pizza, I would she recommend owns. Nikki's Coal Fired. Just down the road from a Hugh Babies, actually. It is. Okay. So whenever whenever you're in town looking for a great Italian dinner, handmade pastas, the only coal burning pizza oven in Tennessee. Coal burning pizza. Please oven. hit me up. We'd love, love to have that. you coal in. Do you, Legit. Do you make gnocchi? We don't have gnocchi on the menu right now. We have had it before, um, but but not at the moment. Okay. But I, I think I might know somebody now. I might have a hookup. A gnocchi hookup? For you. Oh. <laughs> oh, great. Great. You make gnocchi? No, not no. this one. Oh, he barbecue. I know somebody. He is a barbecue master. His barbecue sauce, bar none. Him. I make barbecue sauce oh from scratch. You got to bring some barbecue sauce Have you ever, when you're in town. Do, do you cook barbecue? Do you like smoke things? No, no, no. He no, I, yeah, slays I, I have a, the grill. I have a green egg, and so I, I yeah. do that, but I actually make my own barbecue sauce from scratch. Do All you right. want to do a guest chef dinner at my restaurant? <laughs> we do guest chef dinners we used to do them all the time before the pandemic we really haven't done one in a few years and Ooh, my barbecue. husband loves a green egg so don't um, play with me i'm serious come do it we'll do it it would be amazing I'll grab a couple of 
briskets or, or a couple of pork pulled pork shell. And I was gonna say I have a I have it my I have a I make the barbecue whole sauce there live. Woo! Change and, of life. Uh, Brand new sponsor coming to the show is Go Do Life. This is a setup because Blair from Go Do Life is gonna come on the show in the next couple weeks, and I am beyond excited to bring this to you. First of all, godolife.com forward slash GK because they support the Giving Kitchen, right? So they're one of the major sponsors for the Giving Kitchen. Let me tell you how it works with what they do. So when you talk about Go Do Life, you access your funds. What they do is they give you access to your funds before payday, right? It's a novel concept. A lot of people are offering this service. All you have to do is download the app and register for it. You get to access your wages immediately. You receive a GoDo Life Giving Kitchen MasterCard, and then your advance is repaid on payday, right? So as you take money out, it's that you can take 30% of your check before payday in advance. Here's the kicker. There's no fees. It doesn't cost you 50 cents per transaction, nothing. And if you're a restaurant, it costs you, that's it, nothing. Well, what about the setup? That's a really hard deal. All you have to do is have a payroll company. If you have a payroll company that works with GoDo Life, you're in. That's the setup. It is it is a no-brainer. Biggest no-brainer on the history of Earth. If you're struggling with retention and you pay your staff bi-weekly, this is a way to give them an opportunity to get their money early. Here, we're gonna talk about this so much in the coming months, but I wanted just to give you a teaser. If you wanted to learn more, you can go to GoDo, that's G-O-D-O-L-I-F-E, GoDoLife.com forward slash G-K. When you do the forward slash G-K, it puts you into the Giving Kitchens custom site. So the more people that sign up for this, the more restaurants that sign up for this, the more money they're able to give to the Giving Kitchen. So not only are you giving your staff an opportunity to get their money early, also giving money to an amazing nonprofit that is helping restaurant workers. Like I said, we're going to have a lot more information on this coming soon. Stay tuned for an interview with Blair Gotchel. And uh, I'm just, I'm super pumped and I wanted to get this in this episode. Let's finish up the rest of the show with Montel Jordan. First of all, the, the problem, it kind of ruined my life if I'm superbly honest, because like now I go to other barbecue places and it pales in comparison and I have mm. such a judgmental feel. I don't operate in judgment very often except for I have a very judgmental barbecue feel. Mm. My sauce is awesome. Oh my gosh. Sauce is boss, baby. Sauce His man. sauce is Is it more bar. like a zesty red sauce or like a mustard sauce? It's not or? mustard based. It's okay. more ketchup based. Ketchup. Mm. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Okay. Are you Delicious. ready for this? Yeah. This is how we cue it. <gasps> yes. Oh, you can't, I you love can't, it. You have to sing that. You can't <laughs> <laughs> But you, you can't say, this is how we cue it. You got to go, this Brandon. is how we cue. Okay. Yes. Brandon. Damn it. Brandon. <laughs> so it sounds like we're going to put together. Uh, let's do it. Listen, I don't know. Yeah. I, I got some ideas for that thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll sh- I'll get with yeah. your That'd manager. That'll be fun. Yeah. Be fun. <laughs> get with your manager. Uh, Have my people get with your people. Yes. It'll be great. I love it. You guys are amazing. This has been so much fun. So this is what the, and. Bring it back. I, I love Bad Luck Bird Club. And if you're in East Nashville, uh, the Redheaded Stranger, which is kind of a Mexican restaurant. They okay. do different things. But they have a green chili burger, mm, which I really think good. 
rivals any burger on the planet. I mean, it's like redheaded stranger. Redheaded stranger, like the Willie Nelson song. Okay. Oh. Redheaded stranger. Uh, Brian Lee Weaver, who's a local chef, an amazing chef. He also has the butcher and bee. But this this green chili, he does a crunch wrap supreme, like old Taco Bell style stuff, mm-hmm, and like. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Okay. His all of his food, the flavors are just there. But that green chili burger is amazing. So, okay. Bad Luck Burger Club, um, Redhead Stranger, Hughes. Hugh Babies. Hugh Babies. There's a lot of great okay, burgers. The best in town. seafood in town. Probably Henrietta Red. Henrietta Red. The Optimist is excellent. Optimist. Marsh is House has really great fresh seafood. Yeah. Those are probably the the three. Top three. I mean, there's some. You know, if you go to like. Uh, Mio at the at the Four Seasons has really good oysters, and they have some different, you know, crudos and things that are delicious. But I mean, really seafood. I think Henrietta Red is yeah for sure the the best, and then Optimist I think also has the best selection. I mean, they get a whole flounder. Oh, and but you guys have an Optimist in Atlanta too, so I would say go to Henrietta Red because that's one you can't get in Atlanta. Okay, yeah. love it. All right, what else you want to know? What uh, uh, coffee. Ooh, I'm I'm a barista parlor loyalist. There's mm. quite a few around town. If you're barista like a if you're a loyalist. coffee nerd, if you're into all the different types of coffee and different ways to roast and prepare and everything, barista parlors bar yeah. none. Barista parlors is a great job. I really like Eighth and Roast. Okay. Um Eighth and Roast is another local company. They roast Crema. Crema, kind of the OG. Frothy Monkey, Bongo, frothy Bongo monkey. Java is actually the OG of all OGs. I like Frothy Monkey. Frothy Monkey. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. She's taking notes. I sure <laughs> am taking notes. These are things I need to know. Um, and then what was the last one? The original OG is? Bongo Java. Oh, uh, or Crema. Fido. Well, Bongo Java has been around for almost 30 years. Oh. They were on Belmont Boulevard, the first. They have the nun bun. Do you remember? Did you guys ever remember this, that there was a bun that was iced and it looked straight up like Mother Teresa. Oh, that's and it went nice. viral before oh. anything went viral. Like the newspaper covered it and went all over the nation. Every news story. And a bun in Nashville looks like Mother Teresa. It's right after she passed away, I think. Oh, wow. So it was like this whole, and the, the nun bun was that. stolen and then all this stuff. Oh, my. You Google nun bun. Okay. It's okay. pretty impressive. Bongo Java back in the early 90s were. That was the jam. Okay. And the then jam. there was one you said after Fido. that. Fido. Crema. 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 Yeah, yeah, Crema's, there's some really good coffee in town. So I, I have to that. ask, you've, you've done, uh, you guys are familiar with Biscuit Love? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Bonuts? The Bonuts. Oh, those oh. are great. Yeah. Delicious. Things you dream about. Lucky <laughs> like Bonuts. And the, the pro hack is to not go to the one in 12 South. There's one or right down the street here. You mean don't go to the Gulch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I consider it, yeah, not 12 South, uh, the Gulch. Yeah, don't go to the Gulch. Okay. Go to Hillsborough tw- Village. Hillsborough Village right here. Okay. There's, you can walk right in. There's okay. not the hour and a half long line out outside. outside. Okay. You can just walk right in and get all the same things. Mm-hmm. It's just right here. All okay. right. In Hillsborough Village, this is right in the middle of where Vanderbilt, Belmont kind of is. Yep. Yeah. Tourist, there's the original Pancake Pantry. There's a lot of really great little things That's over awesome. here. That's awesome. Right. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah, so we'll definitely be back. Clearly, this is... Uh, a thing for us. We like food. Love. And it's funny, like, so my brother's a chef. Like, he could, it, for all our events, he's actually a personal chef for us. Oh, and nice. he's uh, starting a restaurant in uh, Atlanta. And then um, our... What's it called? <laughs> uh, he, so his big thing is he cooks um, meat, but he does rubs. So mm. they're all different kind of, like, flavorings and that kind of yeah. stuff. So he's going to start his own 
truck, whatever. But the our um, <laughs> executive assistant for our company, she ran restaurants her whole life, and she left the restaurant industry. We're sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry, to come and work with us. Um, but she turned. She used to have this place called Catfish Fridays mm. that was in Dallas. That was incredible. Took a recipe that was beautiful but turn it into these multi-businesses but so we have foodies all around us food surrounds us this is a thing yeah but you will be our culinary guides through nashville yes. from now on We'd that love is to anytime we well, look we, forward to it we uh we I, I like to feel like we have a good idea we we focus <laughs> mostly on locally owned and operated restaurants yeah. i we, love that we want you we want people to come in and not eat at the chains I support the people who are building this community we think that's just really really important and that's really kind of the genesis of this is supporting other independent restaurateurs and telling stories of hope and building community and you guys it. i think have absolutely done that today we have one final thing for you yeah. okay and we i could we could do this for another three hours i mean I swear <laughs> there's a million stories we could probably get into We'd love to do it again sometime we do the gordon food service final thought kind of that one to grow on one to yes whatever Whatever you want to say, you get to take us out. You get to, to end the show with whatever you want to say, as long as you want to say it. You both get a chance. The floor is yours. You want to go first or we go? I follow you. All right. Um, I would say there's a truth to you are what you eat. Mm. And I'm not just talking about physically. Mm. I'm saying whatever you consume with your eyes, with your ears, um, whatever you are taking in, you become. Mm. So make good choices. Make good choices. I love that. Listen, we become the company. We keep make sure that when you sit down at a table with somebody that you know something about them more than what they do, what they saw, but who they are. And you're Dinner tables will be extravagant. Your life will be rich. And this is where real life happens. I love it. Kristen Montel, thank you for joining us on Nashville Restaurant Radio. It's been a lot of fun. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much to Montel and Kristen Jordan for joining us on the show. Um, I talked about at the beginning of the show to stay tuned because I wanted to give an update on me. And really the, uh, the update is I listen back to these episodes and I hear me talk about my higher power and working the system and, and all of these things. And it's a challenge every day. I don't want to come across as somebody who knows everything about everything. And it's tough. It's a tough challenge. And one of the things I've learned recently is that when you quit drinking and you start doing all the, the, the work, in order to do that is relatively easy at the beginning. It's relatively easy at the beginning because you're desperate and you really are, are doing all of the stuff that we talk about. And, you know, it's been a little bit difficult for me recently, not to not drink or do anything like that, but, you know, I feel like I need to give stuff away. I give stuff away to this higher power and I stress about stuff because I try and control everything. I want to be in control of every single thing that I do. And the fact of the matter is I can't. And that is part of the insanity that would cause me to drink before. You have all these things going on and I can't control them all and I feel overwhelmed. And what do I do? Oh, fuck it, I'll have a drink. And that's a thing. That is a thing. So 
one of the things recently was how do you do this stuff when when life's going great when when things are when you're not desperate i think that's kind of been one of my challenges recently is that you know you've got to stay focused you've got to stay on track with this program and i say this stuff because i want you guys to know that that hey i'm real i want to be real because i'm not i'm not perfect and i do make mistakes and that's okay um i'm doing great overall everything's going really well but sometimes i hear myself talk about it and i'm like i kind of sound like a douchebag i gotta figure this thing out and i just like to give updates on this stuff that i'm doing great everything's going well but i'm focusing again on giving this stuff up to a higher power because you can't control everything and there's so many things in life that i can't control and that's just what it is and you know doing the podcast and the restaurants and all this stuff it's a lot i think the number one question people ask me is how do you do all this stuff and i'm like i don't know i honestly i don't know every day i get up and i just i just go all the time and it's fun i like being busy uh so that's it that that that's what's going on and um, i'm gonna keep talking about it got a lot of feedback from the stephen faust interview just the good stuff man thanks for sharing that and i'm gonna continue to share that I'm going to continue to share it under the guise of, hey, maybe somebody out there. And I got a phone call from somebody last week that said, dude, you've inspired me and I'm addressing some of the things in my own life. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Uh, I'm, I raise my hand. I'm not perfect, but I, I strive for, for progress rather than perfection. And that's what I'm trying to do. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. This is an am amazing platform for me and it's an amazing platform for... Uh, anybody that we have on just the fact that we're talking to an audience that uh, that cares, that cares about this industry, that cares about their own mental health. And it is May and it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And I want to talk about this stuff. I really do. So I don't want to ramble too long, but I want to tell you, thank you for listening. Um, it's you guys every day that makes me want to come back and do this. We've got some amazing shows coming up in the next couple months. We've got Ford Fry. We've got Tandy Wilson. We've got Emma and Chris from SS Guy. We've got, I mean, we've got so many people. Uh, Lorraine from the Sexual Abuse Center is going to be coming on. You heard about us talking with her and the Joshua uh, Buckley interview, how they're doing their Hope Beer. They're coming on to talk about this stuff. So many great things uh, that are happening, and we just are, uh, feel completely blessed. So thank you again for listening. Hope that you had a, a wonderful Mother's Day. And uh, again, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, especially my wife, Jennifer, and my mom, Linda. I love you guys so much. Hope you're doing great. Talk to you guys later. Love you guys.